The Damaged Goods Podcast. An assistant. Assistant. But they that, need to be trained. Is that the nicer way to say secretary? I guess. Really? The person they talked to before me would be my secretary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're um consigliere if you was a mobster. Okay. I'm like, what's that mean? You don't know? You ever seen The Godfather? <laughs> Kinda. Oh. Not really. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've seen it, okay. but I haven't so watched Robert it. Robert Duvall's character. He's a consigliere. In La Cosa Nostra, it's like, it's like the... Um, it's the kind of guy they go, the boss goes to, the Don goes to, in his crew for like advice. He's right hand man, not oh, yeah. like his main bodyguard or something, but kind of like his. Is that the where the word cosign comes from? Shit, dude! Look at you connecting <laughs> the fucking dots. You're gonna come on damaged goods and start getting all intellectual. I think that's say the word again. Intellectual? Oh no, consigliere. No. <laughs> that's the Italian word for it. I'm not Italian, so I consig. Consigliere. It sounds like cosigner. Yeah, the cosigner. There you go, dude. It's the same thing. You son of, do you, you coming in here just teaching me shit, man. Dude. Co-signing. Co-signing, yes. That educational teacher voice is a, is a friend of mine. He's a, a repeat offender on Damaged Goods Podcast. He's also the barber extraordinaire, dude. The barber to the stars, Ronnie McCoy. He's in the building. Hey. Fresh off a fresh cut. I just got a fresh... I'm dicey. This is probably the freshest my hair's ever been on the podcast. Hey. I yeah. mean, yeah. It's right before this. Literally. He's literally back. You know, this guy... Besides, uh, dice my hair very well. You had to work with what you, what you got. <laughs> That's me being nice. Like Ronnie, you guys can't hear this, but so Ronnie, you know, does wonders with the the shears and the clippers and all this stuff. He makes people look the best they can. What you only got what to work with. So as an aging man such as myself, my hairline ain't what it used to be. No, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. You still <laughs> you have hair. Too nice. You're too nice. It's also, my job did make yeah. you feel good about yourself. <laughs> But you did a fantastic job with it. That's the thing, dude. You do a good job making me still look decent at this age in my in my. I have a full comb over. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's fine. You, you still got hair. I need the better call saw comb over or one of oh, those man. ones. The Donald Trump comb over. And I'm still gonna tell you that it looks fine. That's good. See, <laughs> but there's a level of honesty you guys have to. But you guys. Nah, I'll tell you, it's time to buzz that shit. <laughs> have you ever had? I mean, like to tell somebody like the hard truth about where their hair is at versus the haircut they want. Yeah. So how do you broach that subject? I think it would look better like this. Trust me, it will look better like this. My job is what I do, and, and most they, of the time they know. And they, they, they know they need they're to. past it. You know, ever had dudes like you know with dudes with like dreads or braids, and the, they're pulling them back, and oh, the yeah. line is going back. Yeah. See? It's a, it's a sad day when they have to shave it because they have to. Realize the truth. <laughs> that shit was going back. I feel like that's got to be something in your line of work where you see people come into that realization often. You know, maybe they've been lying to themselves for a while, and one day they're in the chair in the mirror, and they realize they can't get that low fade no more, or that long hair. Or Most of them take it and just, like, whatever, just shave it. Most of them have been doing shortcuts anyway. They don't really care. Yeah. But uh, the ones that I have to, like, tell them or there's the person that thinks that they're losing all their hair and, and not. it's not really i wish i was bad. that guy <laughs> the other way around <laughs> it's not really that bad i have to tell them every haircut like yo your hair looks fine <laughs> dude like, there's nothing wrong with it i see i need that's the, i want to be that guy dude that you're you're that guy right now for now dude i don't know how much time i've got do you you have a, like, a good head of hair yourself right yeah is it is it uh is it genetics i think so 
So my it's grandpa was like receding a little bit, but it still had like grandpa on which hair. side on your mother's? Yeah, my mom's. So yeah. that's where they say it comes from, right? Right. Is that true? I think so. That sucks because my For me. grandfather, my Irish grandfather, yeah, both bald. Of, <laughs> both of my uh, grandfathers had full heads of hair. So, so they, yeah, you'll be good. You know, they used to say it was like hats and shit, right? Yeah. What did you say to me when Roddy's like looking at? He's like, was it, was I asked if I was wearing a turban because of this little patch of this oh, my frontal hilarious. region? Yeah. But my uh, my uh, when I went to barber college, the number one question I had when I got there was, is uh, what is it called? Uh, when you lose your alopecia. Alopecia. Is that's, alopecia. That's the scientific word for hair loss. Yeah. Is it uh hereditary? Like extreme cases of alopecia where you lose like patches or like Ugh. all your hair because it happened to my dad. <laughs> is is any part of it stress related? I think so for sure. Right. Yeah. So so stress maybe even more than genetics? Uh, mostly genetic, and then stress is next. Cause I think that if it's genetic and you start losing your hair, like a mind fuck. Yeah. If you think that it's going and you're Spirals. stressing out about it, it makes it even worse. It go way faster. That's why it's my job to tell you yeah. that it's not that bad. That it's don't worry about it. Cause it's gonna make it speed up. I think it makes it speed up. I would. I want to say that the reason I have a gang of gray hairs in my beard and I got these like prematurely, I think is. The stressful. I was living a stressful lifestyle for a long time, and uh, I think that eventually it just caught up with me. Now I'm not living that lifestyle, but it's too late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The stress already set in. The grays. I don't know. My grays are coming Wait, crazy. Dog, in my what hair. grays, bro? Hey, I pull them out. I'm not gonna lie. Dog, you I don't have any grays, dog. You're fucking tripping. You look. There's a but lot of gray hair. Isn't it? I'll oh, see. You're a barber. You can help dispel the myth. Isn't there a myth that if you pluck hairs out that it grows more. Like people say, don't pull out a gray. You get like two grow in its place. It might be true. Is that a fisherman's <laughs> tail? It might be true. I dude, I'll sometimes I have gray hairs in my head and they don't grow the way my regular color yeah, hair is. Straight out. Yeah. So like I will see it and I'll just pull it because it's like sticking out in a yeah. weird way, like like a fucking antenna. It bothers you. you Got to get yeah. out. I'm the same way, and that's then I get to sitting there picking at them, and like thirty hairs later, I'm like, I'm gonna be bald in a second. Let me stop. And you don't think there's that many gray hairs in there, but you start looking. Oh, dude, I'm them. sure there is. I mean, I'm no, sure. in my hair. Oh, dude, I could. I don't know. Bro, I mean, you look. I like, plucked them recently, so this, you can't notice them that much. Do do most girls or women dye their grays prettier? They don't like. They never really rock them like the way like I'm rocking yeah, grays no, they, and shit. They dye them. Most, most women dye them. That's why you mm. see them getting their hair touched up. The roots. Yeah, like every well, they're young. Weeks. When they're young, though, I'm saying even older. Oh, wait, older, yes. Especially I'm talking. About, I'm talking about like once a girl has thirty or something. They're definitely dying them. Yeah, yeah. Do you cut? Do you have any girls that come to your shop and cut? But like barbers, girls, yeah. But they get like guy cuts. Like my girl gets her hair shaved I sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You cut her hair before, so yeah, like shit like that, right? Yeah, That's stuff right. like that. Nothing, no long stuff, no like styles. I tried before. I, I did it for one person. She came with a shortcut, started cutting it uh, less. She wanted to grow it back. After she shaved it down and then got mad at me one time, said that I did it too short on the sides. And the, and I'm like, I was trying uh, to be cautious. High maintenance, dude. Made it look good to what I thought, and she was not happy about it. So do I you, don't cut women's hair. What do you deal with? Like, I'm sure you've probably had dude customers come in and like, like ever been displeased with a cut or like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with that and maintain their customership? 
do with their ass. Whatever they said, they no, had a but, problem but, with that. Make it a point to okay. do better at but that. But have you ever had a like be like, look, dude, I did what I did. Like this is you know you moved oh, in the yeah. chair. It's your fault. If it's their fault, how do you ever say it's their fault? Or you can't. I just fix it up and then be like, yeah, you know, at that moment when you fucking decided to talk when I had the liners, free hand <laughs> shaping your beard. There's a patch now. Like, what do you want me to do about that? I definitely feel like I've laughed before in the chair, and and maybe you know, not like y- your chair specifically, but I'm sure I've made it just more strenuous on the barber. You might have a little something on this plan. Oh, you fucking! Right I can't now. see the mirror right now. You're scaring the shit out of me. Like I was talking when he was doing my beard. Shit, it I look at it. it <laughs> Last time you were on here, you were still cutting at uh, another shop. That we're not, we won't mention their name, and not not out of disrespect, but out of more respect to you. But now, dude, you've you you run your own shit, dude. You get your own spot in my own little space, man. Working by myself for myself. It feels was scary. Good. Feels good. Last time we talked, I was like in the middle of about to Planning do it, it, and yeah, it was, it was. It's I'm I'm doing it now. Is it still scary? Cup was it two, three, three years late? How long has the your own spot been open? Three years now. A little less scary? What's today? On the 11th, it'll be three years. It's a little less scary now because now it's kind of stable. And I'm not like thinking about how much money will I make and this and that. It's kind of like I know what I'm going to do at minimum. And then uh, there's plenty of room for growth. So like as long as you have like what X amount of clients or X amount of cuts a week. If I do X amount of cuts a week, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were contemplating leaving blank shop and starting your own spot... Did you kind of have to like think in your head like, all right, I got enough, I got enough clients, I got enough solid dudes. Yeah, yeah. and then I'll do the math good. on the numbers. And, and you knew they would jump ship with you know or go with you, right? Yeah, I, mean, I did. Yeah, I mean, I was very strategic about how I did it this time. Last time I left the shop to go to that shop, I was excited. That was the dream job. Work at this shop, this location, everything was great. In order, I told the other shop that I was leaving in a month, give them a heads up, try to be professional, fired my ass. What? <laughs> so you gave them a, like essentially more than a two weeks. You gave them four weeks. And yeah. then they. Just so they could find another barber. Isn't and not that be, like, like illegal for them to do that? Or I don't know. We work for ourselves, so it's whatever. Ah, yeah. I just, I was like, all right. Ain't cool. no 401k for a hustler. Haven't talked to him since. Fuck him. Moved on, carried on with Suck the dream, did everything I told him I wanted to do. And more. Dude, feels good working for yourself, right? Have to. Feels have to recalibrate the dreams and all of that at this point, working for myself for the last three years. You also have, like, I would imagine, less limits to what you can achieve, right? Because if you work for another shop... You know what's crazy about but you, that? But you can do so much more. You could do so much more, but the limitations become, like, your own limitations of, like, how much you can do or, like, what exactly you want to do because some things, some process impede others. Mm. Like, you know, like doing house calls and set production and all of that. Uh. Like some people focus solely on that. And I'm like, that's not enough consistent work for me to be able to maintain what I need to maintain. I see. So that's where working in the little private spot comes into play. Uh, but I built that up super strong. So I always have that as like my bare minimum. Uh, yeah, I mean, because uh, for you guys, listeners out there, like, you don't know, Ronnie, I'm I, not joking when I say he's like a barber to the stars. Like, I'm probably the least famous person you cut hair for. I'm probably <laughs> on the lowest part of the totem pole. Nah, and Ronnie, like, I'm not going to drop the names of uh, your clients, but 
dude, like all your favorite up. artists, basically, this dude cuts their hair. And like you, tomorrow you said you're gonna be on set for two days, so that's two days you're not in the shop where your your regs and regulars can't come. They haven't even hit me up to confirm the times or whatever, but they have it on hold, so therefore I got to put everyone else on hold. Yeah, for you, that's what I'm saying. So got anybody who wants sometimes. a Friday or Saturday cut for the weekend, you can't. Now, what happens in a case like if one of these big artists? Stress me out. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. I'm trying to get to the juicy parts. Because it, it I, I think I, I, I like I was telling you earlier during the cut, I really respect and admire anyone who does their own business, whether it's you know a fucking podcast, you open a barbershop, or you fucking uh, I don't know what the hell that was, or you know um, writing books or doing your own music or your own restaurant. It's tough, and so like when you have a, a potential like cut for some big time clients on set, like two days, right? Yeah. That's two days. You can't. How many cuts you do in a day at the shop? 15 on an average Whoa. day. So you're potentially missing out on 30 cuts for two days. And I imagine when one of these like celebrity musician yeah. dudes hires you on set, you're getting paid pretty I'm good. Paid. Yeah, it but what happens if they do cancel last minute? You just lost Friday and Saturday, probably two of your bigger days. Yeah, sometimes you can still charge them half. Uh, oh, you have like some kind of I retainer of like, some kind? But your boys would have for these guys too, right? Yeah, but most of the time it's the production paying me and stuff like that. They pay me too to bring me out or whatever, um, but it's just in their budget for whatever's going on. You get they, and you get uh, you traveling, cutting all the hair for the awards shows. Hotel, yeah. flights, I, I feel you. food, I feel you. Pound it traveling. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That shit, is, that shit was funny. Flew out to New York to do a job, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm here." And they're like, "Oh, cool. Well, where, what terminal you at?" I told them whatever. Like, okay, I'm sending you a car. Send me a screenshot of the car. I'm like, "What? You have to send a black car." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "I'm just the barber. I'm just coming into town." Pizza like, Honda Civic, bro. Regular car. I don't care. But hey, it feels it. good, man. It's cool. Riding in. Uh, I went to where? Where was this? I think it was the. Oh yeah, I went to the Barclays Center for. To go uh, work with Big Sean, he was performing at Rihanna's fashion show for the Fashion the, Week. The Fashion Week's at the Barclays Center. Rihanna's show was filmed oh, in oh, their okay. little Amazon shit or whatever. But it was Amazon, like the company. Yeah, they were oh. hosting it or whatever. Oh, it was like a live okay. stream with Amazon. But that was pretty crazy experience going in the fucking. Escalade pulling into a garage at the back of Barclay. The, the three, the, that garage that loads them. Bro, was it the like one that spins around cars, and goes up? That bro, thing. It didn't spin, <laughs> but it loaded up like three or four fucking yeah. Cadillac ESVs. And then we're riding an elevator with these trucks in it going down underneath the Barclay to go inside. Shit was crazy. That's a crazy thing. Stuff like that, man, doing all that type of shit. It's like unreal. Like I'm fucking barber. I'm fucking pulling up to the red carpet. Yeah, dude. dude that walking was, on the red well, carpet. You were at the VMAs on the red carpet. Dude. Dodge cameras and shit. Like I'm out here in a white tee and blue jeans because I'm just cutting hair. <laughs> and these motherfuckers are all. I'm right next to two chains, like posing for pictures. I'm like trying to get out the way. Was was uh what was it like being at the VMAs? You got to go on the red carpet. VMAs are really dope, man. Being there for like the rehearsal the day before and like seeing everything backstage and just walking past. Like, oh. Can you say who you were there with? I was or? there with Big Sean. Okay. And that's being that you both Michigan boys. Yeah. Is that an extra special client to have? 
Yeah, always when I moved to LA, that was like one of the top people I wanted to cut. Just being from Michigan and having some like mutual relation, like people in between. Oh, us y'all had some like new. I, each I know, yeah, dude that cuts his hair in Michigan's been trying to connect me with him for a oh, long time. Cool, see, homie. Dude, shout out. As you uh, were saying earlier, dude, connections, man. Sebastian at the Social Club. You ever in Detroit? Need a good cut? And I got two shops. Gotcha, one downtown, man. one on Wayne State's campus. Check them out. Shout out Social Club. Shout out. <laughs> like. When you get a, a client of that stature, and you have a few like that, I guess maybe think back to like the first time you cut some celebrity dude's hair. Like, have you been able to, you know, use that experience of cutting for this dude to end up cutting for this guy? Like, does it oh, spiral yeah, like that, or are these all coming randomly? All these clients. It's all mostly like yeah, just because of knowing people or whatever. That's how really I got Sean from. Uh, I started working with him, Taco. Um, I've been cutting Taco and Tyler and all of them, of course, for many, many years, whatever. And then he asked him, who's your barber? And then he's like, oh, crazy you ask. He's from Michigan, too. And, like, he wants to cut your hair or whatever. He's, he's talked about wanting to cut your hair. He's like, oh, cool, got my number. Never hit me, had a barber already, whatever. Stay loyal to him. And then uh, opportunity came up. I cut one of Sean's homies, another barber from Detroit, Nick, that works at the social club. Sent me uh, early Mac, who's a Detroit rapper, big homie. We vibed out, super cool dude. And he was like, man, Sean needs you, man. He needs you to cut his hair. Uh, you're the guy. And uh, he's like, I'm going to make that happen. Fuck yeah. He, next haircut, he invited me to the house. I was like, yeah, line him up. Boom, boom, I'm going to take care of it. That's dope. All of that. Has there ever been a celebrity? Not cut all the homies. <laughs> like, Have you ever cut that. a celebrity dude's hair and be like, I'm never doing that again for that dude. You don't have to say, I don't want you to say who I'm saying. Uh, Has there ever been a horrible experience? Just go out of my way to like, yeah, like, you know, whatever. I'm in the studio cutting this person, that person, and run into a bunch of other celebrities. And I'm like, oh, can I get a cut? And I'm like, well, I'm here doing these and I got to go do another you for one. for a free cut? Nah. Oh, okay. They're paid, but, you know. What, you just got a shit to do? You just don't want to do no more cuts? Or? You know, just on a schedule, whatever. I'm yeah. already there. It's fucking 11 o'clock. I'm cutting three people, and I haven't even been home, and I haven't ate dinner yet. Uh, so yeah, like, yeah, you got a family and shit. I don't say no to money, but Sometimes. it's been a big part of the recipe for success, but so has sleep. Yo. <laughs> it's rest. I think. Taking time away from dude, myself. I think that is one of the most important things, especially for people in the entrepreneurial realm. Like you just said, is rest, dude. Everyone has that sleep when you're dead mentality, which yeah. I think is... Cause sometimes I think you can do better work when you're more well-rested. You're going to be more efficient. You're going to yeah. use the time better, and the output is going to be better. That's what I believe. Right. I used to subscribe to the never sleep, work, 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 and then I felt like sometimes the shit I was doing wasn't as good as if I was a little more relaxed, my mind was right, I was fed, I was thinking properly. You know? Shit starts to build up, and then it causes stress, and then now you're not working at, like you said, max capacity, yeah. like full potential. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can only imagine how tired you might be after fucking 10 hours or 8 hours of cutting. Like, you know, my shit, girl's a hairdresser, she talks about hours, 13 you're, hours. you're on your feet, dude, your hands are carpal, carpal tunneling. Is that how you would say? Hey, I'm just saying, like, you might not be as good, too. right? You might not be as good at that last hour because you have, and you've done five days of that you know, in a row, right? Too, though, I guess because I'm still young. Uh, like, it's always been, there's always been a thing where, like, I'll be, I would think I'm done, eight o'clock, and then fucking five more people call. And they're like, I'll 8 pay PM? <laughs> yeah, and they, like, they want 8 that PM, I'm cut. like, all right, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I already did this many cuts today. Eight's the cut off. And in my head, that's it. I'm done. But then, Somebody will call me like, like, like say five people call and they're all uh, offering to pay a little extra. And I'm like, man, five more fucking cuts. I'm going to be here for another three hours. And then 
it makes it all worth it, and, and you just do it, and you you tell you, all right, we're gonna make this much money in three yeah. hours, fuck it, and then it just clicks second gear. You it's got also that. assisted by a shot of Henny or so. You got that youthful <laughs> energy too, bro. You know that helps. Yeah. You know, being young and energetic and shit too. That's shit. I'll be thirty this year, man, and that's, I'm like, that's I people, still feel super young, dude. You, are, I look like a baby. I, you look twenty five. That's cool. I'll take in it. In a complimentary, and not, but you don't act it. You're man mature. We've already spoke about that. I'm just saying you look I feel youthful. like I don't look like I'm going to be 30 soon. Nah, dude. Don't. <laughs> Shit. crazy. 30s are dope. I, honestly, I like my 30s better than my 20s. I like... Let me, no, let me rephrase that. I like myself in my 30s better than yeah. myself in my 20s. I enjoyed the, what I did in my 20s, but I like the, the Jake evolved, I am in my 30s. Yeah. I'm just way more sharper, aware of my weaknesses just as much yeah. as my strengths. I think often yeah. when we're younger, we know our strengths. We're not as intimate with our weaknesses, yeah, but once you understand you don't want those, to admit them. <laughs> yeah. But once you have to admit them and you get used to them and know how to deal with them, you can mitigate them better and, and handle shit and flourish. Yeah, you see the growth and all of that. I don't know. I remember I was talking about finances with this one client, this old dude that was, did accounting. I don't even know him. He just came in every now and again, just walk in shop. But he was talking about finances, and I was like, man, I I want to get a place and this and that. It was when I first moved out here, and I was trying to get all my money in order. And I'm like stressing myself out, thinking about what I want to do in the future and how much money I need to be saving and making and this and that. And he's like, look, man, he's like, you're how you know, I was whatever, like 24 at the time or whatever. He's like, you're 24. He's like, you have a little bit of debt. Oh well, you have one credit card with a couple thousand dollars debt, but you're paying your bills around time. You're making payments on time. He's like. Don't worry, like, you don't have no kids yet or nothing. Uh, it's like, 24? Anyway, <laughs> I was about to have a kid that flipped the whole shit, but. Yeah, that's, and yo, that's the craziest. He said he didn't become financially stable until he was 36, and he's an accountant. Like, he went to school for finance for, like, that, for that shit. People have, I think people don't always think this. You, you can have a lot of ups and downs in your life, like success and financial wise. I mean, there's musicians you can look at who, who been big and then fell the fuck off and then came back. Or yeah. like, I mean, I was way more financially stable in my late twenties or by the time I hit 30, I had bought like two properties. Like, right. and, and then I, some things happened in my personal life that really fucked me up. I was, yeah. got lucky in all the grand scheme of things, but changed my economic situation in a matter of minutes yeah. uh, that made it like reduce me back to what I hadn't been in that situation since I was 20. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I had to climb out of that. I'm, in some ways I'm still climbing out of it. Right. But, uh, and then hopefully, you know, you have a resurgence again, dude, you know, peaks I think and valleys those moments. Like I, I, not that I, no one likes to be in those moments. No one likes how you feel in those moments, but yeah. those moments of the make or break. Yeah. That shit excites me a little bit when I start to feel like I'm going down. I'm like, you know what? I know what's about to happen. I'm about to pick myself back up, yeah. and I'm gonna be even stronger than last time. Yeah. And I'm gonna really go in when I when I got fired from that shop, going to the new shop. Within like a week, I found out that my girl was pregnant with my son, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm broke as I ever been in my entire <laughs> life. Like, mind you, even before I was cutting hair, oh, I've been cutting shit. hair since I was 14. Before that, I'm mowing lawns and shit just to pay my own phone bill or whatever. And now I was like, wow, I've never been this broke before. And it, I'm about to have a kid. And shit yo, is fucking scary. Yo, but I think shit like scary. that, men have to talk about more amongst each other, especially peers that are going through the same shit. Or even someone that's younger than you that's a little advanced and going through the same thing you're going through when you're 30 and they're 25 or whatever. Like, it's very comforting and like a reassuring. reassuring yeah, that you're <laughs> still on the path to greatness. Yeah, and that you're not unique you're not in that situation. Yeah, other people have gone through this. You got homies that look like they got it all. They done, you know, did whatever made their image and, and all of that. But now they're like in a low spot 
like mentally and financially well, yeah, whatever, I, but I, they're I, not trying to show it. I think people get into that low spot mentally because of the financial, and like you said, no one wants to show it, and they posture themselves of being in these great positions because it doesn't want to come across weak. But I think, yeah. again, like you're saying, guys talking about it, it's important because then it shows that, nah, it's not all like peaches and cream yeah. over here. Like some of these other dudes struggled too, and then you don't feel so alone. You don't feel like, right. man, why am I fucking up? Why is my shit all bad? Yeah. It's it's a common thing that a lot of people go through. And you know what? Not to, not saying you or me, God forbid not, but might go through it again. Of course. You know, like shit happens again and again. And you got to be ready for it and you picking pick yourself, yourself back up yeah. and trooping through. It's tough and scary, but there is something exciting about that fear. I like that shit. I'm from the Midwest and I don't come from much. And like that's something that I was used to my whole life anyway. And it kind of gives you that little edge yeah. on the competition, man. It's a good way to it's a good way to put it, man. I don't know. You said you 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 just, I don't know. I came to a point in my life where I had to make a choice of like I'm gonna be positive about how shit's going for me, or I'm gonna be negative and just just go all out, bad guy, fuck everything and everyone. I'm doing what I gotta do for me. Yeah. Or I'm gonna remain on this route of being a good guy and know what's coming for me. And that's and a slower route, that route, probably too. But yeah. it's bet it's the better route in the long run. Yeah. The selfish route has a time limit on it, I think. Yeah, I mean, shit, you end up by your damn self. And yeah, not that you need anybody in this world to, you know, feel good about yourself or like. But we, I think to a degree, we, we're, we're communal animals, humans. I think we need people, not like you need someone for success, but you want to have some people in your life. If you got a fucking business, you need people yeah. for success. Or even just your At personal that, life, that too. Day, yeah, you even know? in your personal life, I'm a people person. I like people. We all, and I, I don't mean, like being by myself. Yeah. I like having someone to at least kick it with or whatever, bounce off of, even when yeah. I'm just kicking it. Right, and that, right. and even like, if I do like my long stretches of alone time, I, I don't want to do that for too long. Which are important. Though. Yeah, we need our personal time, bro. I'm in one right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it sounds silly to use this as like nah. a uh, like a point of like a whatever, reference. like but not yeah reference not being on social media. Like so, I'm so busy cutting hair, and and you know my hands are busy when I'm cutting hair. And when I'm at home with my kid, my hands are busy helping him, doing shit with him. And when I'm when I'm not with him or at work, I'm trying to make sure I spend time with my lady or make time for myself to go do something. I want to cut off Ronnie the road time, and go to dude, the gym or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not great at going to the gym, but I'm trying. <laughs> but it's uh, all that stuff is so important, man. So I just decided, all right, well, social media is making my life a lot harder. I'm trying to worry about Stressing. posting on here when I haven't responded to these people about haircuts because I'm yeah. busy cutting hair while trying to fuck post or whatever the case may be. And not even that. I just uh, more humble approach. I don't care to share what I'm doing like as I'm doing it. Like, I want to be in that moment. You know what I'm saying? A lot of this spawned from me going to Japan, my first time ever taking two weeks off of work and, like, not cutting hair for two whole weeks straight and just spending time with my family. It was uh, 2018, and then I went again in 2019. Both times when I came back, I felt so much more of that, like, I need to do something for me. I need to focus more on, like, the next level, the next big picture, because things excelled really fast in L.A. for me. I'm very thankful for that, man. But I had to reassess the the dreams, like not even just the goals, the fucking dreams, like things that I never thought would happen were happening. So I had to reassess yeah. that shit. Yeah, what's after that? You gotta you gotta uh, think about it. Like for me, moving here, big big goal work with uh, Big Sean or whatever, and uh, like that is huge to me just because what it means for back home and like how what I'm coming from and like I get to go back there often with him and it's like a whole different. Yep. Like sight on where I come from and like yeah. what I've done, like where I'm at now, whatever. But uh, that uh, 
that I, I did that, and then I even cut Kanye's hair one year. Ooh, look at you, you I, bragging. <laughs> I cut I like his hair it. one time, like but that was like you know what I mean. That's like the dream, like oh, cut Kanye, like it's, when you're a barber and you yeah. want to think about your favorite artists and stuff like that. Cutting this man, <laughs> you you've cut Grammy winners and shit, bro. You you doing it up, baby? That was the first time I went on a flight for somebody. I went to the Grammys with Tyler. He was the first person to fly me out for a haircut. It's pretty. That was in two thousand. 18, I think, 17, something like that. When he was nominated for Flower Boy or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, dude, like, the, the, see, I'm, I'm envious of you of being able to take the social media break. I personally, I say this a lot on here, so I'm repeating, sorry. I didn't have a, a podcast or a radio show or a book to promote or some shit. I would have none of it. Yeah. If I worked in like a factory or a, a hedge fund manager, thing, man. right? You know, now you have a, you, you, you're still an artist, shit. right? You're, so like if I do like if I'm not doing it like no one's really promoting my shit as much as I am even the publishers and the stuff in my book right. I have to do it. You're an artist in in a sense as well, but you have a business where obviously if you're a barber or a hairdresser it probably helps to be like all on social media right. and shit. Like but like you also have a sick client list of dudes like from the average mild mannered Joe like myself to like these big time dudes. And you could probably just keep not even having a fuck with social media and flourishing. That's what's happening. And I'm jealous of that. I'm <laughs> That's jealous. What's happening. And they like, so would you even want to even bother wasting your time on it? Maybe it's not a so waste of time though, because the day and age we're in is so important. Yeah. And more than anything, I have to look at it like this so that I can like get over the fact that I'm not trying to be on there like, oh, I live this life and like. You get all the people. Oh man, I'm so yeah, happy that's what for they, you. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that what it is. I love Dopamine it. Thank hits. you for the for the energy. I appreciate that, but uh, I'm not doing it solely for that. And uh, it's that's the part that sucks. But if you look at it from the standpoint of you're inspiring somebody to go out and start their own podcast or is be able to true? just yeah. talk about themselves yeah. or whatever, like yeah. that's something I'm not great at. I don't I don't care to talk so much about myself. So I <sighs> think. Maybe someone that sat in my chair might think otherwise at times. I go on my little, yeah. I gotta get my shit out too. Bro, sometimes. you gotta, you gotta. But I think it's 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 important That's to the take beauty little of the breaks. Shop though, and being able to have those one on one uh, relationships with people, yeah, um, is being able to expand on your thoughts and opinions through other outlets of like people's minds. And yeah, that's like one of the coolest parts of my job. And, and like do, helping somebody feel good. You about also get to talk self. to different people. It's not all musicians you're talk, you're Bruh, cutting. You know? So many different types of people. I had one homie tell me he sat there. He came early. I was running behind, so he seen me deal with two other clients outside of him, and he was just hanging out. We're all make small talk or whatever. And then he was like, he had to point it out when he got in the chair. He's like, man, I just gotta let you know, man. He's like, like you're like a, you're like fucking chameleon. He's like, just the way that you just talk. <laughs> well, you're to a therapist. This older white dude, lawyer. And compared to you got this hood cat came in for a quick little, you know, taper lineup. And then now you're working with me. I'm a, he's an artist, uh, like digital artist and a like artist on campus. Painter, and yeah, yeah. Painter. Uh, super amazing dude. Um, homie Eric, what up? <laughs> Eric getting shout outs. Eric. Damage Goods loves Eric. We don't even know you. We like you. <laughs> the homie. That's dope. But uh, like he, he peeped in and I was like, you know, I guess that's just part of like who I am as a person. Like I can talk to. That's a skill though that you many. probably had before you was barber. Yeah. Before you was, <laughs> before you were a barber, but that it made you a better barber. I feel like that's, that's a, it's kind of like a made passed on like trait from my family. Like my, my grandfather was a barber too for over that's 50 so cool. years and he, uh, just a very charismatic 
person, like very like magnetic personality. People just loved Warm him. Warm and welcoming. Super. And I know that's like, but that was like a huge part of his success as a barber and a businessman. He's owned a few other businesses. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like if, people just like if you got a cool like personality like you do, it makes people want to come back, right? Especially yeah. like, yeah, the average person, whatever, but like a celebrity might make him want to fuck with you again because this dude wasn't a dick. There's and a I, genuine approach. I'm sure you see this more than me, like, the same way that like anybody, whether it's a fucking musician, a fucking rapper, a guitar player, a, a pop radio host, a fucking writer, a barber too, like people can get full of themselves and shit. And like, you know yeah. how there's all these like high and cool men's barber salon, grooming spots. Yeah. Some of these dudes get like full of themselves and like, I don't want to sit in the chair. Shout out to all those barbers. As long as you're making your money, you're wanna, busy. How miserable are their clients? Like that shit. You'd be I don't want to sit People come that, in dude. and tell me they want me to... Like, oh, you should post, you should put this, you should frame this picture of your name in a magazine and you should put it on the wall. You can, you can charge more you for that. You can do that, you but you don't got to be a dick though, right? Some of these guys act like you're, they're doing you a favor. You're paying for the service, but act like, you know what I'm I saying? I treat everybody the same. Everybody pays the same. Good. Celebrities are paying the same as what you pay. Nice. It's, you guys get getting hooked. I look out. I try to be reasonable about like, you know. You keep it funky. You keep it real. But at the same time, it. I got to get mine and it's, there's got to be room for growth. And this, and I'm, that, so like you've got You've got your own spot now, right? Yeah. You you elevated from where you were before that, and like you just said, you you were in Japan, you zoning out and kind of transitioning. The, the next thing right now, when I came back from Japan what? this time is when I was working. Like I had started working with Sean in June. I went to Japan in August. When I came back, he had me on the road for like eight to ten dates. On top of Tyler having me out for a few things too, and I was just uh, I was really busy doing all of that so it's just like a big transition i it you know it affected my business in the in the barbershop my stable business was affected by that negatively yeah on that side but because i had this other you know opportunity for work that's actually it pays better and it's it's better for what i'm trying to do and expand and grow my career working for myself um, it's been great for all of that aspect, and it's just a give and take, man. It's just business. Like this is, this is where it sucks for like people that I'm cool with that I want to see every week and cut their hair on a regular schedule, but I can't promise that because this or that's popping up all the time. Mm. Like that's where it sucks for me, but it's just part of the growth, man. I mean, so what is what can you without you know unveiling any secretive business moves? Um, like what's what are some of these new things that you've been brainstorming and focusing on and trying to. So I gotta start posting more, man. I gotta tell people my story. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta use myself as a brand. That's the goal: is to brand what I'm doing and who I am, what I've done, mostly for the, the aspect of inspiration to the next guy trying to do what I'm doing or thinks that they want to do what I do, uh, it, it, without even knowing truly what I do do. Like I, I very limited to what I show people, what I do, and what I say. But as a it's amazing to have this platform, an opportunity to be able to talk about that, about what I do and how I go about it, whatever. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, no. And, I, mean, uh, I I like next, having artists on, so it's just a pleasure for me. That, they, so being an artist, I think a big part of being an artist in general and like kind of what makes yeah something art to me is getting other people to believe in what you believe in believe in your skills and your talents just Talent. yeah or what you believe is something that is worth something you know because all to me i mean all art is not tangible yeah yeah like, it's, it's, it's subjective too yeah. it's, it's also like yeah. it's opinion based it's not sports so like you statistics. have to make somebody believe that your opinion about this aspect of the world and the vision of or how it makes you feel or whatever is something of value 
And that can be that can be huge. It can be very broad on how it's looked at. It's like what just like what music can do for somebody, what looking at a painting can do for somebody's yeah. emotion or feelings or their chemical balance or whatever. Yeah, dudes All like want to look shit, crispy like, and fresh. Yeah, the haircut I think confidence. falls truly into that category Gives in every aspect. Gives you a lot aspect. of confidence, dude. It so like makes that's you feel the, good. the thing right now, trying to build a brand and get people to believe in what I believe in. So I got to do more stuff like this and talk about what I believe in. Well, and yeah, we well, always welcome here. Cool. So I appreciate. And when that. you have some of these other things that I know we can't elaborate on, when they're like out in the. They're unveiled in the real yeah. world. You got to come back on and talk about that right. too. You know, I respect well, the man with yeah. like keeping plans kind of hush hush until they're that out was, there. I was raised, man. The, the same way. Showed I'm, me the well, ropes and businesses. Like just you got to move in silence so, until just it's like, ready to strike. Yep. But I think that's the smartest way. And that way, you motherfuckers don't steal your idea, dude. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't even think it's about stealing ideas, man. When you're an artist, it's like it's not about necessarily the idea, but the person doing it, the person projecting that idea is what people believe in. Yeah. Like, I, I, I listened to a fucking TED Talk that changed my life. I refer to this shit all the time, but it was just it was about the golden circle. What's that? It's like a rule of like how things work on how to how to get people to believe in what you believe in. Uh. Just look it up, Simon Simon Samanek, or I don't know how to say his last name. I gotta see that. But he did it on TED Talk, and it was about the golden golden circle and like how basically how Apple <laughs> is looked at as the best and sells more, you know, electronic devices than other companies, or why they're looked at as like the top. Yeah, it's not necessarily that they're doing anything different than the next guy. Just people with better technology can do, you know, the same thing they're doing too. But it's how they sold it. It's not, yeah. but listen to that because that dude sold yeah. me on that shit so crazy and like the idea of how that works and branding and like getting people to believe in what you believe in. So where can these people, if they want to check you out on the interwebs? Barber Extraordinaire on Instagram. That's pretty much where I do everything. I'll be. It's I, very dry. Right it'll now. be on my. I put it in all the detailed info, so anytime yeah. people read the description of the podcast, they'll know to follow you. Anyway. Sweet, sweet. You got to see this dude cut so some that's hair. That's that man. man, and I'm trying to work on putting together. Uh, a website and stuff like that is very necessary when you're trying to move forward in business. To hint at, I have some things coming up next um, that I've just been sitting on and formulating over time, oh, and finally got to, some. Can't wait for you to come back and unveil them. Some nice, uh, some nice motivation and movement behind it. Yeah, dude, you got a good energy about you. Anyway, dude, you're gonna do fantastic things. So you're ready to get in the chair, though. I'm gonna cut your hair, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. 
They've got soft gel capsules. They got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there. And it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws. And they got some all natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out. And now for an additional discount, use the promo code DAMAGEDGOODS. That's D-A-M-A-G-E-D-G-O-O-D-S. Damaged Goods to get an additional percentage off. <laughs> 